Welcome to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things dwarfy. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Roland. And I'm Tony. Howdy, guys. Hello. Howdy. It's been a rather eventful few weeks since we last got together. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you're not wrong about that. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean. So it's great to hear that the Steam release finally came out. Yeah. Exactly. It's great to be playing the Steam release today. I'm super excited to have access to it. <laughs> the VR component is truly revolutionary. It is something else. Yeah. I think it could be a while, gang. I kid, of course. I don't know. It. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'm still hopeful that uh, that it's going to have a New Year's Day release, like I predicted last time. Um, which which one, or just in general? A New Year's Day release. <laughs> New Year's Day 2022. That's the that's the mm, one that's coming, ouch. right? <laughs> Just, yeah. yeah, that's what I predicted in our last uh, episode. Oh, and it was, felt uh, oh, last year at this time, or no, no. Uh, oh, right, three, three weeks ago. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say yeah, we uh, uh, yeah. That was before they had the the changing of the artists. So I'm sure anyone who's listening to this heard the news uh, that Meph has left the project and uh, a gentleman named Jacob Bowman has uh, taken that spot on the development team. So I think it's, you know, it sounded like it's not really going to set them back too much. I think a little bit of work's having to be redone, but there's some pictures and I'll put it in the show notes. Of course, there's some pictures uh, on the Steam Dwarf Fortress page of the new artwork and it looks really good. Yeah, the, that world map picture was pretty cool. I, I, I saw that and thought to myself, well, I'd play that game. <laughs> I mean, I would definitely play that game. So Jacob Bowman is the new artist, and it looks like he is the person who created the Iron Hand tile set. Oh. Oh. Now, I had never touched on that. I'd never tried it out. But whenever I saw this, I went ahead and changed my tile set over to the Iron Hand tile set. So that's what I've, but I'm running right now, and I like it. I, I don't know why I had never tried it before. I especially like the walls. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm sold. I'll I'll try out the Iron Hand tile set. Maybe yeah. I should put it up on the stream. Yeah, do that. Do that. All right, let's do this. Looking pretty good. Momentarily pausing the stream. Let's go and change it to Iron Hand. It says the Iron Hand. <laughs> this doesn't bode well. Maybe it says the Iron Hand tile set is on hiatus 2010. Well, that's fine. That was when the last that's when 47.04 came out, wasn't it? 2010. So we're fine. I mean, uh, I see a uh, blog post on um, the, the, the Bay 12, right? And it's from uh, January 2nd, 2018, where he updated his tile set. Oh, 2018. Okay, cool. That's that's probably when this latest release came out, isn't it? Or did this latest release come out? I don't it came know. Out I mean, 2019. Time is relative. That's when we started the podcast. Okay, cool. And it well, came out just after. Is it pre COVID or post COVID? This this release, I don't even know anything. Pre COVID, yeah. Okay. Well, the the forty seven the forty seven dot zero zero series came out pre COVID. It came out in um in January of 2020. So My heavens, back when everything was all right. 
My heavens, it's tiny. Oh, I see what you mean. I, I do like the aesthetic here. It's really good. Oh, I, I like this tile set. It's it's chipper. But, but look we at do. the walls. I really like the walls. I like the walls, too. Oh, that's true. You know what I also <laughs> like? I, I like the, the bright, cheery, and chipper look of these dwarves. They're, they're super. And look, I know this guy's carrying a thing. He's got a thing. What's he got? I don't know what he's got. This he's got a Gabbro uh, mug. Look at that. Look at that. That's pretty great. It's actually, it's what he's hauling. It's pretty, uh... The cool. Iron Hand tile set seems to uh, have some of the features that I like about the Phoebus tile set, which is more cartoony, less photorealistic uh, sprites, but easy to, uh, to, to discern one sprite from another. Yeah. Now, Look at this. Who knows present. how much of his artwork and how much of uh, of Mayday's are going to make it into the final, but but I, well, I do like his this tile set. So I, I think also that, uh, really like the Mayday. I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but the Mayday tile set's also really nice. I have, yeah. Um, I used to play with that one before I before I joined the Vetlin, Vetlinger and Meth team, but um, yeah, th these are these are really this is a really super tile set. So highly recommend people check it out. They, um, they play this game. We may be seeing hints of our future. Not playing this game, and you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, you say that, but I have a friend who actually listens to the podcast. He's my traveling nomad friend. Hey, George! Shout out to George. Um, but he <laughs> he listens to the podcast, but doesn't play the game. The reason he doesn't play the game is because he thinks that he would like it too much, and it would suck too much of his lifetime. See, well, see, what he doesn't realize is that he would lose a lot. And then eventually, you know, your own brain's sense of self-preservation and self-esteem takes over and you realize, I need to stop. <laughs> and then you do stop. And then you pick it up again because you see something that's interesting and you think, oh, I'll try that. And then you die again and you're like, oh, yeah. So I feel like, you know, there's, there's ways to make this work. Dwarf Fortress Roundtable would like to thank our patrons who have supported the podcast throughout 2021. These fine folks include Adam Hudson, Blood Toes, Brandon Wright, Brendan Poole, Chris Mooney, Christopher Harris, and Clino Dev. Thanks for making Dwarf Fortress Roundtable possible. What we're streaming here is still that same chaotically ancient world uh, with basically evil everywhere. And we have managed to find the one space in the entire large map that was tame. So you can see the little teal, there's a teal colored N here, which I think indicates that it's bubble bub instead of bleeding elves or razor wire or whatever some of the crazier ones are you know, for the biomes. So anyway, it's a safety, it's a happy, safe place. And um, we haven't died yet, which is really cool. <laughs> and that's a, okay. that's a world first here. Cause this, this is what I, this, this world that I spun up, I, this is my hubris world when, you know, a while after we were doing this podcast and I thought I can survive anywhere in this game now. So I spun up this really difficult world and I thought, I'll make an ice sheet base. And I mean, I was immediately obliterated uh, before I even like dug down to Z levels. And, um, and I thought, well, I guess 
uh, I'm not as great at this game as I thought I was. And then I kept trying new civilizations all over the world. And then finally it was just like, okay, well, I've created a killer, an unplayable world. Uh, and then for purposes of this stream, we started a new world so I could demonstrate just how hard this world was. And it's been going for like 10 years this fort. So there you go. Hey, I noticed that the, uh, that the little pond that you had built from the, uh, from draining the, the, uh, the mud holes has never dried up. No, it's still just gurgling out a really messy patch of mud here. You can see it's just left mud. Basically I've ruined the, I've ruined the, the, the walls that held the pond together. And, um, that's interesting. Nice. I would have expected that to eventually to have dried up. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it, it's just, I guess it's a spring. It's just a gurgling away here. So that's cool. Maybe I can gurgle it into a waterfall. That might be kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> sure, waterfall would be more like, you know, slimy rocks with a trickle of water over them with moss and like in a creek. I feel like so. that's what the dwarves like, though. I, I feel like they like that slimy, mossy, kind of earthy smell in their stuff because it's got to be dark inside these forts, doesn't it? You'd think so. I suppose. But uh, then again, maybe they have, like, glowing algae or, like, glowing vines or just yeah. torches that they don't tell you about. I mean, they don't tell you about fishing poles as well, so... Oh, you're right. You're right. That's that'll be in the fifty-one point oh four upgrade fishing. Perhaps they have infravision. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm still doing the chaotic everybody uh, mixed squad business. Look at the look at these squads. We talked about this last time. Six Roland, you shame me into, into <laughs> changing my squads. I know. Good. I need to get to that. But right now, it feels. <laughs> It feels like an insurmountable problem, which I'm sure is surmountable, but it, it feels insurmountable right now. I'm going to have to wait for something to kill those squads, and then we can sort it out. Death will be the cleanser. I've still got the, the seven squads. I've got, like, two hammer dwarf, two mace dwarf, the, the, the crossbowmen. And, but then the other ones that I had mixed, I changed. Some of them are swords dwarfs, some of them are spear dwarfs, and some of them are... Um, I don't remember what the other one is, but, yeah, I... I unified them so that they might train better. Although I got to tell you, my fortress is knock on wood here. My fortress is getting a little boring and I'm thinking about retiring it. There's not really anything much going on. I keep getting uh. a, I, I had a forgotten beast that was, a, you know, a giant three headed six trunked winged elephant that shot webs. Oh. And I took out a few of my dwarves when they killed it, but it really, you know, I, I lost a few dwarves, but, you know that the corpse of that uh, of that forgotten beast, along with about five others, is sitting on pedestals outside the entrance of my uh, of my fortress. So, yeah, I think that uh, I'm looking for something a little more action oriented. Hmm, I can see that. <laughs> just roll, just roll a really old world. Yeah, because I think there's plenty of stuff going on in the older ones, or maybe in the newer ones. I don't know. Is there? A, I would expect. I would expect there to be, at least from what I've heard, there'll be more going on as far as Forgotten Beasts and things like that from younger worlds. You're probably right, because they haven't been killed yet. Yeah, it it, it depends, yeah. Not so sure about uh, getting attacked by, by goblins. Hmm. Yeah, I think the goblins are dead in this world that I'm playing right now. Oh, bless. Yeah, sorry, fellas champs 
So I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and retire this fortress. I think next time I sit down and play, and I might um, open up a fortress a little bit closer to maybe a necromancer tower. Mm. If I can find one, nice. That's the spirit. That'll <laughs> spice things up a little bit. Yeah, I'm not sure. Caliente. Um, if you want this world, I'll give it to you. A very low price. Roland, have you had a chance to play Roll Fortress over the last few weeks? Uh, sadly not. Um, I had some uh, things going on. Um, I was mostly sick, so I never got the chance to play. However, good good uh, thing is um, I will try to stream the Bloodline after this. So uh, there will hopefully be maybe a short stream, but there will be a stream after this, um, cool. which will be the first time I play uh, Dwarf Fortress in like three weeks. Kind of sad. Paranoid <laughs> well, Metroid said in the chat, said, <laughs> sir, we need to reorganize our squadrons if we expect to be effective in training. Very well. Send these men to their death and we'll start over. Yeah. Well, I have. <laughs> I've tried to send one out to explore something, so they probably won't come back. We've got some FPS problems here in this particular fort. We're down to 11. So something's gone wrong here, and I'm not sure what's happening. Because we don't even have that many. We've only got, what, 123 people here. This is not enough to kill this fortress. So something's gone. Something has run amok. And I'm not really sure what's happening. Other than we're getting all sorts of cancellation spam. Hmm. But 11 FPS is, is no bueno. Like, this is very difficult to use. Look at, they're barely moving. Slots, oh, so Roland, seven. I, noted, I noted that your, your, Twitch, uh, your Twitch videos don't end up on, on YouTube. Yes, uh, because I was stupid and preoccupied. Um, I will actually try and look into if I can uh, get my Twitch videos back and upload them onto my YouTube. Cool, because I, I wasn't able to watch your, your streaming session after the fact. Well, to be honest, you did not uh, miss a lot because in the very first <laughs> video, I was really stupid. I put... Um, the muting on one of my uh, on the minus on my keyboard, so I kept hitting it when I went through menus, and I didn't notice until like the end of the stream. Um, yeah. Oh no! So you were muted mm -hmm. for most of it. Oh dear. Yeah. Well, this fort may have reached its natural dead conclusion because this cancellation spam is going to make it unplayable. Unfortunately, world. I think we talked about this before. What are what methods do you guys have to un FPS death your worlds? I destroy or give away all of my crap. Hmm, I can see that. Yeah. I kill all my animals. <laughs> Oof. I mean, I don't go as far as to, like, kill all my animals. I try to keep the clutter to a minimum, which never works because I'm messy. Um, however, uh, I try to stay below 100 animals. And if I have too many cats and too many dogs and... Um, well, you know, I don't really need the food. I put them into cages so they don't have pathfinding that clutters my CPU. And other than that, I usually just go for a specific type of animal, like alpaca, llama, 
and then have nothing else. No, no, like special things, just like four or five of my main animal, which is usually something that I can milk and gives wool or like hair. And the rest is just like away with you. I don't really like cats. So I'm going to kill most of those. No. Uh, <sighs> I mean, I do try to keep my cat population around seven to 10 and always have like a breeding pair in a cage somewhere or like a few kittens in a cage until they grow up. And then I decide, do I need more? Do I need less? Dogs are pretty nice, but um, I also try to not get too many of those. And why would you need more cats? I just, um, I just kill the cats because <laughs> a, you can wipe the whole population out and they come back. They're like cockroaches. And then B, what are the, what are they actually for? I mean, they are for uh, killing vermin that is trying to gnaw into your food stockpiles. Oh, I see. Do they actually do that? Yeah. Like if I, if I eradicate the cats, will I then have a vermin problem? Well, you don't, you will not have a vermin problem per se, but um, I think uh, the vermin will be, you know, going into your stockpile and eating some of that food. It would just disappear. I see. Uh, So I always keep like a few cats around. And why would you need more? Well, sometimes I do have cats dying from old age or because they run into the cavern and get like eaten by a crocodile or something. Um, so I, I always have some on hand, but I, I tend to really use the gilding function these days simply because oh, that just that means I sense. have cats and they do something, but, uh, I do have, you know, just one breeding pair. So, oh, that's, yeah. that's actually yeah. really smart. Um, that's actually seems like a really scalable way to deal with the problem other than just every once in a while genocide. Yeah, however, you have to be careful. If you, um, for example, if you go through and you kill every male cat except for one, or you guild every male cat except for one, then you have one male and a lot of females, right? Yeah. Um, The thing is, that male will be pushing every single female around the map, which then comes to a massive cat explosion. You know, you, you don't have one female that's pregnant. You have every single cat that's pregnant. That's bad. So oh, instead, dear. I actually go the other way around. I have a lot of male cats and like one female. So I can only have one female cat that is pregnant. <laughs> I mean, this is it, a weird game. It really <laughs> it is. is. It is. Yes. And don't think about the like genetic variety of your cats after a while. Uh, don't. You can't breed cats and do anything great with them. You can't have like a super awesome cat and then save it as a breeding pair. I don't think it, I don't think we're to that level. Already. I mean, I would love to know if you can actually breed like a super being. Like you get like two dogs that have the best stats out of all the dogs in your kennel, and then you breed them, and that dog has like better base stats than the other dogs. So you s- continue breeding like good dogs until you have like a like your super dog that basically has like massive stats from the get go. I don't think it works. Actually, like inheritable that. genetics, though. I, for some reason, I, I, I'm thinking that there's not. No, I don't once think so. The, once the new puppy gets born, it gets you know random stats. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's better because uh, 
yeah, I would spend too much time thinking about who would be the best breeding pair. <laughs> Not get anything done. Well, it's it's a very sad state of affairs here because I think this delightful fort may have fallen victim to FPS death. Seven is is pretty much well. Just um, into the road. Make sure that no animals are trying to like pass through doors that are closed because that usually is what gives you sudden frame death. I'm not sure that uh, closed and locked or whatever, right? The ones mm-hmm. that animals can't pass through. Yeah, maybe to go start seeing the wrong animals. Um, how do you guys deal with cancellation spam that then like it zooms, but it zooms to the wrong place in the map? Do you guys ever have that? I cuss the screen and, and move it over a couple to the left because that seems to be, or sorry, a couple to the right. Cause it always seems to be, you know, one arrow key to the left of where it should be. Mm, yeah. Mine, this one I've noticed when it cancels, it resets it to some really weird, far away place. Like, no. Yeah. Whenever it does that, uh, be mindful and see if it does it consistently because I've gotten used to the fact that it does it. And now, like I said, I just move it over one. And sometimes whenever it's uh, a unit that is causing the spam, you can hit the F key to follow them because they are selected. I, think. I see. It seems that that's the case. I could be talking out of my, my, the back of my head or something. I think I seem to have rather a lot of cats. So maybe <laughs> that is part of the problem here. Kill them all. Let Armok sort them out. That's right. That's what we're about to do. <laughs> it sounds so cruel. Wow. I'm actually a cat lover. So in real life, uh, I have whoa. too many. Too many. Define too many. Well, I have one. We've all got cats. different definitions. Eight. Okay. Yeah. I have eight cats. Four litter boxes change daily. Goodness. Are yeah, they like a, nice cats? Because I had a cat that just hid for 14 years. Most of them get along. Uh, okay. There's a couple of them that don't. Uh, so I suppose with yeah, eight, they, they kind don't of, spend a whole lot of time around each other. Kind of hedge. It's a balanced portfolio of cats, basically. That makes sense. Well, with the FPS at the, at the rate that it's at here, seven, sometime next fall, wow. the, uh, the, the hopefully things will sort themselves out. Um. I thought I'd got this cleaned up because somebody was stuck in the caverns and that, that caused some, that caused a bit of a curve. Yeah, it did bring you back up to like 50. Yeah. So yeah. Less, I wonder if somebody's wandered out into the caverns again and got themselves lost. I think we might have to go YOLO. And Hit A and see what your cancellation spam looks like. Let's see what's going what's on your, here. Uh, having spam. Somebody's if trying to, Oh, look, this guy right here. The stockpile needs one used. Do we, do we think this is it? This cat right here, this guy. You see the problem? Oh lord! Oh, um, dwarf interrupted by dwarf. Oh, where is this? Sounds like a tantrum. Yeah, Stone worker cancelled store item in location interrupted by qua- crafts dwarf. Somebody crafts got dwarf killed. Has been struck down. Oh, yeah. This guy sounds what like is happening in your fortress? Well, somebody had some problems here. This guy went berserk. Um, animal not restrained. I don't think I've ever seen that one before. Oh dear. Uh, there's something going on with this plant, plant cloth 
business. Um, well, as long as you don't have like a lot uh, of uh, combat stuff happening, because otherwise you might actually have a royalty cascade. What's that one? Tell me, tell me about that one. A loyalty cascade. What? What is this? It's when your dwarves start infighting against each other. But uh, so far, I don't see any blood in your fortress, so it might not be that. I think you have friends of Bill fighting friends of Urist. Yes, uh, right. Then the uh, whenever one of the friends of Bill kills one of the friends of Urist, one of the friends of the friends of Urist gets mad and goes after somebody else yep, and got it. Yep, yep, yep. It's much like a tantrum spiral, except it has sides. Got it. So also since we uh last got together, December first rolled around and Toddy One released the uh the future of the fortress and the fortress report. And I'm gonna go ahead and, and read the uh, the item from that report that I thought was kind of interesting, and I'd like to to discuss it because I'm not really sure what it means. But and you can find this at bay12games.com. Says uh, I should finally be rewriting the save structure and things now. This will be a big modding change, especially no more files being copied into saves by default, for instance, which will mean adding defaults and overrides and a UID or other system to the text files themselves, or something along those lines. Hmm. So, so, Roland, what is in a save file? Oh. To me, it's just a folder full of a bunch Holy of moly, files. it's a mess, isn't so, it? Well, the save file contains the world and what has happened. So, because you only need the save file for a bloodline. Um, for example, uh, me and Paranoid were literally just uh, giving us the save file back and mm-hmm. forth. Um, so there is the world, there is the fortress, there is the history, and there has to be some way um, that creatures are also in that. Because if you um, uh, fiddle around with raw editing and make like a new creature happen, and you already have an old world, that creature will not appear in that older world. Um, so that's interesting. So, the, so so creatures are also somewhat in that world history. Um, uh, what else is in there? Uh, the, the whole spoiler alert stuff, uh, the circus, for example, is there. Meaning that the circus is different every time you generate a world, right? Um, And you always have different clowns in the circus. And um, that has to be in the world save file as well. But correct me if I'm wrong, the save folder is just a copy of your your data folder, right? Basically, I think it is, yeah. And so when you change your tile set, it copies everything over. Is the save folder, which is a subfolder of your data folder, but is it a copy of everything else that's in your data folder and it puts it in a, one of the subfolders of save? Oof, I, I... <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm wondering here is, what is the structure that he's going to be changing? Uh, this is probably way too deep to get into for a... I think he's going to... I think instead of having podcast, but. everybody schlep around 
those giant directories of a billion files, it sounds like it's going to be made into one file. Um, and then he's, aware, I think then he's aware it's like, well, your, your way of updating your tile set or whatever is easy now because you just, you know, paste in the tile set into the save file. But I think in the future, he's saying it's not going to be that easy and somebody's going to have to figure something out. Hmm. That's the way that I'd read that. So it's basically, and I, and I would imagine that's done so it can support steam cloud save, but I don't know that for a fact. Cause I was thinking about how is he going to solve that steam cloud save problem? Um, because you can't really schlep these door fortress files up to steam very easily, but, uh, that that's my guess. It'll be interesting to hear more details on that because if that's the case, then we've potentially lost everything from classic dwarf fortress, the, the mods. Um, I mean, I guess it would have to be ported, but the way that it worked now, I feel like wasn't that scalable, you know, like you can't, I guess it's sort of like those save files. It's not an easy process to move saves around. Like you could, if you figure it out, you know what you're doing, but like, if you're thinking about moving it to a mass market platform, like steam saves, it's going to have to be something I think maybe more, uh, scalable or easy for people to deal with. Because if you're schlepping cloud saves around, yeah. This will be a big modding change, especially, uh, is uh, concerning. Yeah. I think it's kind of like initially going to be a bit of a hassle or something that people have to think about. And then ultimately it's going to make things better. That's what I think. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. I would like to build a tile set. That's, that's been the thing that I've, been the most interested in huh i've not yet manually installed a tile set so i want to i want to try that might try that over the over the break here because i know that you can download lots and lots of different tile sets from uh from the dwarf fortress wiki tile set page the graphics page there's lots and lots and lots of them so well, I think the more tile sets, the better world we live in. Yeah, <laughs> unless you stick to the three that you know and don't explore any of the others. I had never tried out the Iron Hand, I don't guess, until I saw this uh, this news message. And now that I see that, I, I really like it. Dwarf Fortress Roundtable has been supported this year in part by these generous patrons. Jack Dillon Justin Lothamer Logan Hastings Lucas Mr. Gutsy Potato Bomb Czar and Eurus Jennings We appreciate your help and look forward to another great season in 2022. To my holiday themed fort, I've decided I'm just going to do a beekeeping and wax working fort. Um, that's going to be my thing. And the only things that people are going to do is beekeeping and wax working. And then maybe some, I don't know, can you eat honey? Can they eat bee, bee related products? I don't um, can drink made. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Is yeah. honey also edible? Well, there we go. It's going to be Clean Dev Topia. 
Maybe the name of the fort. It's all wax workers. <laughs> it's nothing more than and wax glass makers and glass makers. Yeah. <laughs> see it. See how it goes. Maybe a library or the university of wax. I haven't done one of those before. One of those novelty for it. About time. I did do a university fort before, um, and I had two giant libraries and then a third kind of smaller library that was only for scholars to, to write with. And then what ended up happening, I think, was a lot like your loyalty cascade thing, where the different dwarves kind of ended up spending time in each of the libraries. And then things got a bit contentious. And then the scholars and academics all started fighting with each other. And then it, it was just a bloodbath. Uh, and, and so yeah, I'd share that with somebody that I know that's in academia. She was like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of how it works. It's a great simulation. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, uh -oh, somebody's dead in my Tarim's background in academia. Uh, <laughs> oh dear. This guy didn't do well. It's not real surprising if that's programmed in. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he's just like, look, I've spent time in academia. I know how this works. Yeah, so what do we think? I think that I'm hoping that this graphics setback didn't, you know, cause any sort of challenges to the release timeline, because that would be a bummer. You know, it sounds to me like it it uh it set them back a couple weeks for having to redo some work. But I didn't get from the tone of the messaging, I didn't get uh the idea that it was going to be too huge of a of a of a of a problem. Well, I've definitely got my fingers crossed for a 2022 release. Hopefully, within the first <laughs> half of the year, it would be amazing. Yeah, that sounds similar to what we were saying a year ago at this time. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it certainly does. Surely we will. Surely it'll be out in 2021. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, lots happen. So, so, listeners, I think we're going to take. Uh, a month, month and a half or so off. I think that we'll be back with you again, probably, what do you say, in February? No. We, we, uh, because of various reasons, our hiatus didn't start before Thanksgiving like it typically does. But, uh, but take a little bit of time off for the winter and the holidays and all that stuff. I think, um, yeah, but it would still be great to get questions. And if anybody's working on something and they have, stuff they'd like to talk about, send it to us because we will come back and we do read those emails. So, Yes. And I do like the, I do like the, uh, the Q and a sections. We're always up for a challenge. <laughs> so if anybody has anything particularly ridiculous that they'd like us to try out, that'd be awesome. Um, I've also come into contact with one of the new Apple super high performing single core CPUs. Um, and the M1 reason, Max. yeah, got one of the M1 Pros. And the reason that's interesting is because the only thing that seems to matter for Dwarf Fortress is single core performance. And right now the M1 Pro and M1 Max are the best performing single core machines. But unfortunately, uh, Dwarf Fortress isn't compiled for those <laughs> machines yet. So, so it's emulated. But even emulated, it's still pretty amazing for single core machines. <clears throat> Do you, have you tried uh, running a like a Windows VM and running the Windows version emulated on the M1? Well, so the M1 is an ARM CPU, so uh, 
it's I guess I guess there's ways to do it, but I think it's slightly more complicated. Um, but it's the Apple's native, whatever it is, the emulation is, I mean, pretty great. <laughs> you know, uh oh, this probably isn't good on the stream right now. Uh, what do you mean? Some forgotten beast sounds Turkish has arrived. Uh, Tozor, Grayskinless Seratopid. Interesting. What I'm... is a Seratopsid? What is that? Does anyone know what a Seratopsid uh, a is? A dinosaur. Okay, that's probably not good. It's got deadly blood. Uh, none of this is going to be good, I don't think. And now we have that opening. Should we go see what okay, this guy's Okay, so why be? don't you send your squads down and attack it and we'll end our, Let's do end it. our session. Yes, see, here he is. So I can uh, judge your squads. Here's, here's yeah, our boy right here. Squads down, yeah. Okay, here they go. What, what, are you, what is this? It'll be anticlimactic. He'll just leave the screen. I know. He's just going <laughs> to leave, isn't he, this jerk? Um, Follow him. All right, here's what we're going to do. Come here, buddy. He's just going to leave, and that's going to be the summary of the way that... Oh, no, he's pissed off. Oh, he's trudging through the water. Oh, he's moving. He's, he's stuck fast. in Damn. the water. He's going for a swim. Um, there's mushroom people. That's exciting. Oh, he's going to kill them. <laughs> okay. Oh, he left. Come on. Aww. <laughs> so, well, did he no, really? Or is no, that just like uh, just a part just of the camera? You haven't explored where you don't have yeah. a Yeah, let's yeah. see. Hang on, buddy. we got to follow this cat. I mean, he's got a... I mean, we've got open doors. For heaven's sakes, this guy. I mean, do we need to make more tunnels to him? We need to go to you. Do we need well, to go? Well, so long as he's in seven deep water, I don't know that your people are going to be able to get to him. <laughs> oh well, all's well that ends well. Uh, here's the entrance. Door's not locked, so he's certainly welcome. I guess I could punch a hole in the other side here to try to make it a little easier. Let's do this. Here we go. Hey, build a door there. It's just you know, hopefully this incentivizes him to come in and explore the base. But with my incredibly well-trained squadron, squishy dwarves you can eat. Hey, no man, me. think about how versatile my skills are. They can fight with literally anything, these dwarves. They're incredible. Incredibly versatile trained fighters, which you guys are missing out on by, by doing this monolithic training. You know, dwarves need variety in their lives. That's my theory, and I want that kind of radical inclusivity in my fortresses. Uh, Paranoid Metroid says that this is a wonderful opportunity to re reorganize your squads. It, well, yes. I think that the Send dinosaur might reorganize them. Uh. Um, <laughs> this fort's called Jules Terror. That's kind of fun. Yeah, well, um, you can see there's a lot of theory and thought behind how, how carefully I've planned everything out here. Uh, see, he's gone. So this is how you beat it. See, by having such a versatilely trained military fort and force, uh, the, the Forgotten Beast didn't even, wasn't even thinking it could attack this fortress. Yeah. Absolutely terrified at the prospect. He's like, oh my god, mixed squads? <laughs> oh, I'm not going in there. <laughs> Those guys can use a, a lash as well as a silver warhammer. I'm out. I'm out. So. Are those two busts of Trotsky? 
those two yellow busts there in the well it looks like a either i don't know what that is but yeah they're amazing aren't they oh no now i see it yeah let's see let's let's actually see what that is it's a trotsky all over your your fortress a bunch of trotskyites it's a it's a large piece of art carved in the likeness of a creature um so that's exciting do uh, we find a description? Oh, here we go. For the description, yeah. See who it is. It's Onal Orbs Rumors. He's Close. he's surrounded by dwarves, and it's when he became the expedition leader of the Glaze of Swamps in 1038. So that's that's worth remembering. I always thought that Onal Orbs Rumors looked a lot like Trotsky. <laughs> As it turns out, uh, Ushir Lung Addicts also... Um, Looks a bit like that, and he's just—I mean—they're—they're they're just celebrating palace golf being founded. Yeah, so in this style, okay. They're, they're so pretty they're pretty useless. I think we're going to get out of here. Let's do it. And, uh, Let's pack her we're up. We're going to bring season three of Dwarf Fortress Roundtable to a to a close. And we're ending on a high note. We've got Bust of Trotsky around the fortress. We've got a forgotten beast that we scared off with our versatile forces our versatile trained forces. So there we have it. All right. Well, you folks have a good uh, holiday season and I'm looking forward Roland to catching your, your, uh, your streams, your bloodline fortress with paranoid Metroid. Yeah. Good stuff. And uh, if you post those to YouTube, I'll stick a link of them in the, uh, indeed in the show notes. Okay. Well, guys, you got anything else for us? I think um, we have had an action-packed 2021, and it's going to yes. be another action-packed 2022. Oh, with, God. With four, uh, with release 48.01 any day now. Um, yes. Okay. We, we are looking well, forward that, to it. We are looking forward to it. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> Adams. With that, we're going to call this episode a wrap. And for everyone out there, have a safe holiday season. Have a happy new year and all that jazz. And most of all, happy Fortressing. And Catch may y'all you later. avoid the little drummer boy as long as possible. Yeah. Ugh. And a happy Dwarven Christmas. Yeah, Dwarven Yule. All right. And cut. <laughs> that one just kind of petered out a bit. It's a wrap, it? everyone. How do Great I turn year. off? Let me let me find my. I oh, should yeah. stop the stream now so people aren't watching me save. <laughs> oh, you didn't even cut the stream when you said cut. No, I did. There's a delay. It's called latency, man. <laughs> oh, now it cut. Okay. Uh, <laughs> saving world information takes for a long time. I haven't been touching this point. This has been the Dwarf Fortress Roundtable Podcast. You can find all our past episodes at dfroundtable.com. Stop by and leave a message or suggestion in the comments section for this episode. While you're there, you can subscribe to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable or find us in the podcast service of your choice. You can find video content on our YouTube channel, and you can send us an email at urist at dfroundtable.com. That's U-R-I-S-T at dfroundtable.com. Please consider donating to the creators of Dwarf Fortress at Bay12Games.com. If you'd like to help support this podcast, you can find us at Patreon.com slash DF Roundtable.
This is a conversational podcast. All craft swordship is of the highest quality.